Welcome to the Cashflow Guys Podcast. Welcome to the Cashflow Guys Podcast. You should know where you are, and I hope to goodness you know what time it is. This is Tyler Chef, and I am the co-host of the Cashflow Guys Podcast. And I have, once again, Mike Marino with me. How you doing, Mike? The other co-host is here. What's up, the Tyler? The S and Cashflow Guys, right? That's right. The S. The S. We should. Uh, we're starting to sound. You know, I, we listen to uh, goldsilver.com, Mike Maloney. Oh, yeah. We got That intro just sounded like him. When he has the, like, like you're the little short fat guy. <laughs> <laughs> I know exactly what you're talking about. <laughs> <laughs> the analyst. Thanks for having me, Mike. <laughs> oh, you're great. No, you're That's great. Right. You're, you're great. You're oh. greater than I am. No, That's you right. are. <laughs> <laughs> we both are sitting on hordes of gold and silver. We're both great. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, no, mad respect for Mike Maloney. Oh, yeah. Goldsilver.com. Uh, learned a lot from him and his books. And as a matter of fact, have you ever guys, you guys ever thought about investing in precious metal? You wanted to learn more about that. He's got a series out on YouTube. He's wrote a book and you can get it for free uh, if you go into his funnel. But um, he did a uh, YouTube series on the, what's it called? The, like the power of money or something like that? The book? Hidden Secrets of Money. Type that into YouTube, The Hidden Secrets of Money. I think it's like a 10 part series. It is very well done. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I've I've seen it several times. Actually, I watch it every couple of years. It's been on for a while, uh, and I really enjoy it. Yeah, the scary part is like it's mimicking real life right now. I think we're in like, real <laughs> life is on his episode eight. <laughs> yeah, it's uh, yeah, that's definitely for sure. I, I I wish a lot of that wasn't coming true, but it is. Yeah. By the way, gold went up three percent yesterday. Have you seen, my God, the returns that I, I made off my medals? I looked last night. Gold was over 2,000. It was like 2,050 oh, yeah. or something like that. Yeah. Yeah. The spot. Yeah. The spot. Uh, I, I saw the uh, the retail just went up to uh, 2,200. Really? Yeah. Wow. Oh. Know, I'm kicking myself. I should have bought more in October. Yes, but, <laughs> but, be, but celebrate what you do have. <laughs> that's true. Yeah. Think about all the poor, poor people that don't have any precious metal and they're hoarding cash in their mattress or worse, their bank oh, account, man. right? Uh, so, guys, this week we're going to talk about something that happened in the last week um, regarding a wholesaler. Now, full disclosure, this person is also a licensed real estate agent. No, it's not me. But it happened and I want, I'm saying this and I'm putting this out there because it's, it's what I want. I want to warn you guys about this stuff. I want you to be crystal clear on what goes on in the marketplace. And you guys know me and you know, Mike, well enough to know that if we see bullshit, we're going to call it uh, right then and there. So the, basically the timeline is back in uh later part of last month, these guys started reaching out to me from a nationwide real estate brokerage. And normally that's good, right? I like big name companies. Big name companies generally, in my opinion, would I would think would garner a pretty decent reputation. But that said, I'm a realist and I've been in real estate for many, many years, as you guys know, as have you, Mike. And the brand is only as good as the people that work with it or work for it rather, right? And for clarity, those of you that don't have a real estate license and aren't quite sure how it works with realtors... I am licensed by the state of Florida to receive commissions to sell real estate. For me to be able to have that license, I have to put my license with a broker. 
uh, the broker, and this is a Florida thing, because I'm going to talk about Colorado in a second, where Mike's from. In Florida, they call us either real estate or whatever. That brokerage that I have my license under is Future Home Realty. My broker gets a piece of everything that I do when I'm working in that capacity. If I'm playing invest, my broker, in my case, gets $250 of every transaction. So uh, I get my commission, they get a $250. In, in Colorado, everybody's considered a broker. Um, however, they still have a extra license for that for that job, but it's just a different formality. So anyway, long story short, the difference between a, a real estate agent or a broker, whatever you call them, and everybody else, your common person, your, your unlicensed person, let me put it this way. Like Mike, for example, is an unlicensed person. He carries a pilot's license, but that doesn't really matter when he's talking about real estate. That only matters if he's on the runway waiting for permission to leave. <laughs> so if you don't have a real estate license in all states in the U.S., and you, and you receive a commission for real estate related services that pertain to the sale of a property, you're supposed to have a real estate license. Um, attorneys, there's an exception written in for lawyers, provided that they don't have to go to the real estate school, they have to take the exam, at least in Florida anyway, to get their real estate license and then they're good, they can they can help out. Now, if you're doing title work or you're a lender, that doesn't that that's not considered duties that require a real estate license. So now you're clear. I had a this company reach out to me about a commercial deal down on the Florida Keys. They know that uh, I buy commercial assets and that I'm always I'm looking for all, always looking for good opportunities to come across my desk. So they reached out to me and said, "Hey, we have an opportunity down in the Keys. We know you're doing transactions in the Keys. We also know you manage a real estate investment fund." And we'd like to send this, this opportunity over to you. I said, great, ship it over. What came over was not a pro forma, not a prospectus. What came over is an undisclosed. Those are of create, but that doesn't make them, in my opinion, any less annoying when I receive them because that's kind of like saying, hey, we're here on our first date. Go ahead and sign this prenuptial agreement before we even go out and see if we want to talk over dinner. It starts out the relationship on a bad note. Yeah. Hey, Mr. Moneybags, I'd love to date you. (laughs) Yes. I don't trust you. It's like, oh, great. Let's go have dinner and I'll buy since you don't trust me. Right. Yeah. So it's it's off-putting. Mike, I know you've seen this as well. You and I have talked about this. Um, when, When we've got them in the past, we normally don't sign them. But I thought, oh, what the heck? They blew enough sugar up my backside. I thought, I'll go ahead and, and read it and sign it. So I read it and I could tell it was boilerplate, you know, but, but it's got a national label on it, a big real estate brokerage. So to me, that puts an extra layer of trust out there. I, I read it. I'm fine with it. I sign it. The next day, I'm still waiting for the information to come over on the deal. Well, the, nothing shows. Oh, gee. And then and they're like, hey, we realized there was a mistake on the NDA. Uh, we need you to sign another one. What? I'm like, nah, oh. nah, I don't know about that. If you got a deal and you've already got NDAs put out there, I'm going to go ahead and assume that I'm not the first guy on the list because I'm not Grant Cardone. Um, but you should kind of have your act together. Now I'm inconvenienced as a buyer. 
higher, I'm already annoyed because I value my time. It's like, you're wasting my time, man. What are we doing here? But that said, I still like to look at the opportunities. You know, they're pitching how this is off market, which guys, if it's for sale, it's not off market. Let's be honest. Come on. I mean, Mike, help me here. Is it really off market if it's somebody's trying to sell it? No, no, if somebody knows about it, it's clearly on market. <laughs> exactly. And especially if the other guy's a realtor. Service. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. Exactly. It's like, so if you're a realtor, why aren't you marketing it to as many people as possible to garner the highest price? Now, the answer is, and sometimes in the commercial world, it's because the seller wants to maintain confidentiality. I don't know. Maybe there's a divorce. Maybe there's a, a disagreement between partners and they want to solicit offers to see if they can get somebody to buy them out. A million reasons why. But as the story unfolds, you'll find out they didn't really have a good reason why. So I get this person, he reaches out and then I, I said, I haven't got the information over yet. They came, so well, I sent it. Okay, we could play this game all day long, but I wouldn't say I hadn't received it if I had received it. There's no incentive to, for me to say otherwise. I don't want I, you to email me once, let alone twice. Go ahead. By the way, oh, did you just say email? He, yeah. He didn't have the balls to call you up? No. This, this whole time when he's trying to sell this property and then throw these legal agreements at you, this is purely over he, email. He did call once and we had a nice conversation in the beginning. And then he said he would send over the, the deal and which wound up being the NDA. And after that, it was all texts, which is fine because I don't want, I don't like to take unscheduled calls anyway, because my time is important. If you're going to sell me shit, I'd rather you just email me because then okay, I can look at it when my time. This, this sounds very common. So it sounds like he wanted to butter you up. Yeah. Probably in person, it was, everything was cordial. Everything was nice, right? Yeah, over the phone, yeah. But then he was scared that he was going to disappoint you when he threw out the legal agreements. And so they hid back behind the email and he wouldn't call you anymore. Right. So then he wants, I signed the NDA and he wants, then he wants to send me another NDA. So now my spidey senses are tingling. I'm like, okay. I took the time to read the first one. I'm not going to invest the time to read another NDA because it was pages and pages and pages of legal mumbo jumbo. I have like an hour and a half invested in reading this thing. And generally, so those of you listening, what I when I read an NDA, I read through the whole thing. I'm just that guy because people, I've had wholesalers put all kinds of crazy stuff. And I've had real estate agents put all kinds of crazy language in non-disclosures saying that I, they will get a commission if I buy anything in the state of Florida. I've seen that language in there. Uh, Mike, I know you've seen that out in Colorado with with uh, buyer broker agreements where they want you to pay them a commission no matter what you buy. Yeah, like, well, you, you can't sign that. I mean, <laughs> that's not going to work. Exactly. They just said all properties in this town rather than this specific property. I'm like, right. oh, what did you just slip in yeah. front of me? <laughs> right. And what if you get fired by the seller? Then what? <laughs> Am I out? <laughs> yeah, that's true. So then I find out, I'm like, well, I told the guy, I'm like, I'm not in the mood to read through another NDA. I'm just not doing it. So what has been changed? Oh, well, uh, um, the guy says, we had a change of brokers and I was using the old brokerage name. It's still all under the same umbrella. Well, I beg to differ. That's kind of not how the ball is played. I know this company well, and they're not, they don't have all these multiple umbrellas. They're one big national name. And they don't have they don't have different brokerage licenses within the same state. That I know to be false information. Oh boy! So then he says he gets annoyed that I'm not writing. I'm not willing to go through the process again, and he sends off the information, the general information anyway. Basically, it's like about a dozen units. 
Uh, supposedly it nets somewhere in the four or 500 K range. Um, they're asking, I don't know, let's say between six and 7 million for it. Uh, it's got liquor licenses and yada, yada, yada. It apparently has all the particular licenses, but nonetheless, I still don't have any information on this thing. Well, by the way, I did not give you the exact numbers on purpose because I believe if I sign something, if I say I'm not going to disclose particular numbers, I won't. So when these folks are listening, because I'm going to email them a copy of this episode, I told them I was going to do this episode because I want them to be crystal clear on how bad they blew it with this deal. Uh, I'm not going to violate that. But at the same time, I know what's going on in the Florida Keys. I know what's going on in the Tampa Bay market. Why? Because Mike and I watch these markets like a hawk. We know everything that's been for sale that's had been a vacation rental or an assisted living in these two markets for the last several years. We stay on top of it. We are notified by email when things hit the market. We're notified when things change price. We're notified when things get sold. I'm on every broker and wholesaler's email list on the planet. Okay. So not a whole lot is going to get done without us knowing about it. People know we have a reputation of closing, do what we say. So nonetheless, sends this thing over without the NDA. I look at it. He, but he never sends me the actual details, Mike. He only sends me the just the gist of it in a text and the address. And I'm like, you know, that address sounds familiar. Oh, no. So I went into public records, looked it up in public records. And then, of course, the MLS, because, you know, I have access to the MLS in both the Florida Keys and in the Tampa market. Looked it up. And this thing sat on the MLS for two years at the same price, by the way, uh, with no takers. Sat Never went under two contract. years through right. the height here's of the, the market. <laughs> yeah. Here's the best part. The owner is a licensed real estate agent. And okay. after two years, he was unable to sell it himself at the same price. And the guy you're talking to is not the owner. This He's not the owner. He's another realtor from a whole different market. This realtor is trying to schlep it to me is from the Tampa market, not the Florida Keys market. Man, how many people have their hands in this deal? Well, that's just, that begins to wonder, right? So I wonder, does the actual owner of this property even know that someone's trying to sell it and that they're trying to get them to sign non-disclosures and all this extra stuff? Because I'm here to tell you in, in the Florida Keys, things are done a little differently, okay? And if you're from Tampa trying to do business in the Florida Keys, I wish you luck. It's not as simple as you might think. Mike and I have learned that lesson. Uh, we had to spend a lot of time building rapport and whatnot to get things done. Long story short, I told him that it, it sounded to me. I said, are, "Are you? do you have this listed? He says, no. I said, are you a wholesaler? He says, no. I said, are you the listing agent? Do you have a, an exclusive with the seller? He says, no. No. Then who are no. you? <laughs> exactly. His response is, uh, the only reason we're even getting NDAs is because we don't have an exclusive with the seller yet, and we're risk of having worked this thing for six months with nothing. Six months? That's interesting. If it took me six months to get someone to list with me, I wouldn't waste my... I mean, that's that says a lot right there. I guarantee you it's not a wholesale deal or a double close. So guys, for the record, double close means A to B, B to C. That's like if I'm going to make money off of Mike's house. And I don't want Mike to know that I'm going to make money. I will sign a contract to buy Mike's house with Mike. Then I will sign a second contract 
with Timmy, the house buyer, for a price that's more. And we will do what they call a back-to-back or a simultaneous close. I will use Timmy's money to close with Mike. It's called a dry closing. The problem with those is it's very difficult to get title insurance to cover those transactions, if not impossible. And again, this is in Florida. And I know you guys have all this sneaky shit on how you do it, that you think you're going to make it work. But in the end of the day, (laughs) wait till you have a title issue. You'll be calling Uncle Sean Yesner to sort that out uh, because he has these happen all the time where people do these things. So I won't do a double close. I want no part of it. I don't usually deal with wholesalers because they're in the way. It's kind of like a fly. It's like, just go away. (laughs) Either if you have to hide behind the bushes, and and be mired in secrecy to do business. I don't have time for that shit. I'm too old and cranky for that. Just tell me what the deal is and I'm either going to buy it or I'm not. It's not that simple. So Duke goes on to say, I guarantee you it's not a wholesale dealer to close. I don't operate like that. And even if I were to wholesale something, I disclose it. Keep in mind, this guy's a licensed realtor. This very offensive language. Oh yeah. Oh, it gets better. We are direct to seller and looking to place a buyer. Sellers are old in the financing terms, if it were a wholesale deal, that wouldn't be an option. Well, that's not true. Um, People on wholesale deals, seller finance all the time. Not with new wholesalers, but with wholesalers that know what they're doing, they could sell her on board with terms all the time. And frankly, it's the smart thing to do. Um, Because it's a double closing, he can sell her finance on his side to you? No, but when you do a straight wholesale deal, the wholesaler will negotiate with the seller the seller oh. financing terms. And then I will then agree to those terms and off we go. Gotcha. Not five seconds later, Mike, this, this other text comes in that says, I've been advised to remind you that you are, you are in receipt of a fully executed NDA that if you tried to go around us, we will pursue legal action. Nice. Seriously. So, <laughs> You're trying to sell me something, but now you're threatening me with potential legal action if I supposedly backdoor you in the deal that you don't have. Let's so, punch you in the face and kiss you on the ear. And let's say it's, that's let's right. make it work. So I doubt these people have an attorney because the people, oh. bottom feeders like this, ankle biters don't really have attorneys. They just like to threaten legal action because they don't have any money and they're broke. And this is the type of stuff they do to try to intimidate people. Well, I'm not that kind of guy that gets intimidated. Um, <laughs> I do have a, my own attorneys. I got lots of them for all different flavors of things that go on. So if this bottom feeder's attorney is listening, you should talk to your client and counsel them on the ramifications, potential ramifications of their actions, not to mention the potential for an ethics complaint because we are walking the fine line of an ethics violation here with the real estate license. Now, I said this him, to him, because I'm full disclosure, right? I got on a hide. You need to watch your step before you mouth off and say shit that you're going to regret later. And what I mean by that is, I'm going to come after you with all of my legal authorities available. At my pro- I'm going to have Yesner and you know, God knows who, Sending you letters and you want to play scare tactics, I can play scare tactics. But time is money. At the end, I want this guy to go away. So I said, it's this kind of bullshit why I don't even want to waste my time looking at this deal. Who the hell do you think you are to make bullshit threats to people? You're walking a fine line. He says, please understand, I'm not here to make threats. 
I'm here to bring a buyer and seller together. Really? Is that how you bring a buyer and seller together? If you steal my deal that I don't have, I'm going to sue you with my fictitious attorney. (laughs) You probably have a girlfriend in Niagara Falls that's really hot too. (laughs) We have notified the owners that you have some of their financial information. I do. And that you executed an NDA. (laughs) Okay. Wow. Furthermore, since it's an off-market asset, that makes me chuckle. They have informed us that if a group contacts them, that it's not through and it's not through us, they will let us know. Ooh, Mike, they're going right. to tap the seller's going to tattle on us. If I was if I was a seller, why would I go along with that? If I was a seller, I just want top dollar. I don't care about little Bobby who's who's trying to make money off suing exactly. people. Exactly. I want money. That makes this is a, no sense at all. Yes. This is the pathetic attempt to earn a commission where you haven't delivered any value at all to the marketplace. And this is unfortunately what goes on in today's society. This has been going on. It's been going on for a long time, but it's really been rampant in the last five to seven years when the market got hot. So, you know me, I have to do a little bit of research and I got to inform him of what he doesn't have, because clearly he thinks that he's in some position to have authority over this deal and anybody that he chooses to harass about it. Uh, So here's what I said. Again, full disclosure. The owner is a realtor, meaning the owner of the property. This is my reply to him. This deal sat on the MLS for an eternity, 600 days plus with zero bites because it's overpriced with major issues. Stop thinking in scarcity. Instead, add value to clients and you will receive value. You're paralyzed in fear that someone will steal your parentheses deal that nobody wanted to begin with. You're embarrassing yourself. The last thing you want here is a light shining on your antics. Stop contacting me or rest assured you'll be defending yourself in an ethics complaint. This will make a fantastic podcast episode. Welcome to the episode. <laughs> Stay tuned for a future episode coming. Send me your lawyer's details via email, and I'll send them a link to the episode when it goes live. Well, that was last week. And Mike, do you think I ever got that email with that attorney's information? What attorney? Exactly. <laughs> what attorney? So if this fictitious attorney actually does exist, he can send my attorney an email, Sean at yesnerlaw.com. That's Y-E-S-N-E-R-L-A-W.com. And when it, Sean gets it, he'll chuckle and he'll call me and we'll laugh together. And because it's tied to the fund, then we'll get Mike on the phone and all three of us will laugh at you. <laughs> because that's how ridiculous of a waste of time that this type of thing is. Yeah. This is so common, isn't it? It, it is becoming, it, it's it's ridiculous. It is a colossal waste of time. You should hear my broker talk about, about this stuff. At Future Home Realty, we don't do any contracts that are assignable unless the broker approves them because of stuff like this. Uh, I talk to people on a regular basis that, that have called and said, I signed a contract with some guy and now they're trying to put this memorandum on my, they're trying to record a lien against my house. And this is what goes on. People do this. They'll, they strong arm people, good people to do business with. In other words, I want to get money from Mike Marino. So I get Mike Marino to sign a contract that Mike wasn't really, 
given the opportunity to read that Mike doesn't really understand because he's not a lawyer. And then if Mike changes his mind, next thing you know, I'm going to strong arm you into essentially stealing your property or forcing you to go through with a transaction that you're simply not comfortable with. What do you feel about that, Mike, as a consumer? It, it gives realtors a horrible name. It does. It's, it's really sad. You know, I'm sure there's a lot of listeners on, the, on here who are realtors. And then the other half are those who, I swear, I'll never use a realtor. <laughs> yeah. Be, because, of, because of stories like this. You know, un, unfortunately, um, both sides are missing out. Right. For example, I was, was a few years ago now, right? My house in Florida. I was going to sell it on my own. But of course, I met Tyler and I kind of saw what kind of a bulldog he is. So I'm like, you know, let, let's see if Tyler could sell it. Well, he ended up getting me another, well, it was over $100,000 more. And yep. so that experience made me realize, you know, maybe realtors aren't all bottom suckers. <laughs> but before that, my experience, well, I had a former girlfriend who was a realtor and she did nasty stuff like this all the time always suing people, always being sued. And so that was the experience I had with realtors. That's right. Being a problem, being a, not being an asset to the transaction, being a liability. <laughs> exactly. So I think it's, it's really sad for the, for the industry, but I'm glad that people are hearing this because it's not everybody. It's not, it's everybody. not just realtors. I, I want I don't want oh, people yeah. to think that this is the, the dig on realtors because it's not, yes, this, this numb nuts is a realtor. But really, in, in essence, this has nothing to do with him having a real estate license. This has everything to do with him trying to inject himself in a transaction where he really doesn't belong. That's right. That's right. If, if you're selling something, Mike, that somebody else tried to sell for two years unsuccessfully and you changed nothing about the transaction, what do you think your success rate is? Oh, people are not idiots. Especially... I mean, I actually, this is a $5 million listing, right? Right. Six. The people who are going to be buying this are not idiots. Right. <laughs> They're, hopefully. Well, hopefully anyway. But I would assume if you got $5 million, you're going to do your due diligence, your research. You probably have an attorney, several attorneys, if you're going to spend $5 million. That's right. Uh, but, but instead, he just wants to hide behind the email and threaten and threaten and for some reason think that's going to work. Now, I'm always curious because, like I mentioned, what you did to my house in St. Pete, if you were in his shoes, what would you have done? On this deal, the first thing I would have done, honestly, is I would have talked to the seller to figure out why it didn't sell the first time. The guy's a realtor. He should be able to give me that answer. There's a reason why it couldn't sell or didn't sell. And the reason probably was not so much a price or terms problem. It was a lack of marketing problem because realtors are, let's just be honest, not motivated. We all think we know everything. And I can say that because I are one. But what they'll do is they'll stick it on. The, they think the MLS is this magical tool that spreads pixie dust and hypnotizes all buyers everywhere. You know, it's easy to be a rock star realtor in, in an up market, as they always say, right? This guy stuffed it on the MLS, figured that everybody in Key West is rich or people that come to Key West is rich. So somebody's got five, six million sitting around in their back pocket. They'll make this thing happen, right? Happens all the time in the Florida Keys, right? You hear all the stories on in the bars must be true. Well, like you said, super savvy people that buy five, six, $7 million assets or more, they do a little bit of thought and due diligence before they pull the trigger on these deals. 
they don't just willy-nilly throw caution to the wind and say, oh, what the hell? We'll buy it and see if it cash flows. Nah, that's not how it works. Uh, and if if he would have done that, he would have discovered why it didn't sell the first time. And then he could bring that element to the equation. Like if it was a lack of marketing, cool. He could market it more. Why would he put invest all his time and effort into marketing this thing without getting some sort of paper contract with the seller to make sure that he'd got a commission or some sort of exclusivity? Why put his failure on the buyer? Why make me sign an NDA and then start threatening me with legal action? Because people that play in the million-dollar space, you don't threaten us. Because we already have legal teams. We didn't get to the multi-million dollar acquisition world unsu- unsupervised by attorneys. I can tell you that. Okay. You're doing bigger deals. You need to have a team. This guy probably doesn't isn't succeeding as a real estate agent. And he's definitely not succeeding as a wholesaler. And he's just hoping that he can make $30,000, dollars $50,000. And that'll supposedly change his life. The problem is, guys, that's not going to change this guy's life. This transaction has set this guy back because he's wasting time. He's wasting time trying to sell somebody else's property. And that somebody else doesn't trust him enough to give him any sort of contractual agreement to make sure that he's compensated. It's the bottom line. Oh, that's a good I've had point. people say to me, hey, Tyler, I'll let you try to sell my house. First of all, Tyler doesn't try to sell houses. I either sell it or I don't. But that's me. That's cocky. Yep. But that's also called confidence. Um, if you're not willing to commit to me with some sort of a compensation agreement, then we're not going to do business. Mike, you and I made a commitment to each other in a compensation agreement with this real estate fund. That's right. Yeah. We put our money in. Everything is in writing. Our management agreement, everything that Mike and I get and that I said that I would give him and he said he would give me is ratified by an attorney. Even though we're friends and we're friends long before we got into business together, we still ratified everything in writing, made sure that we had a contract between us and that both of us came to the table and got to eat. Ah, so you brought up something interesting. We did a contract together because we trust each other. We don't do yes. a contract together because we don't trust each other and we're trying exactly. to look out for ourselves. That's right. If you vehemently don't trust somebody, a contract is not going to solve that problem. Doing business with somebody different will solve that problem. <laughs> <laughs> It, you and I knew each other for many years before it ever came up either one on either one of our minds to do business with one another. Never even entered in my mind for the first, what, eight years, five years. I mean, good God, you're a NOAA Corps officer. What was I? Oh, what could I possibly be thinking? Oh, <laughs> I knew it was going to come. Here comes a slap. Right. And then Mike would slap me back by going, and you never even went to college and you barely graduated high school. Why would I consider doing business with you? <laughs> you have no pedigree and he'd probably be right in a lot of cases. But seriously, it comes down to guys, if you feel like you ever have to be strong-armed into a transaction, that is a red flag that is waving bright for you to go the other way. You should not at any moment have to put yourself in that position. Uh, and I'm going to leave the episode right there. I think that's a good takeaway. Uh, don't feel strong-armed. And as the as the world changes and as things get weirder and weirder as we go on, don't feel like you have to be forced to do business with someone else. If you're not comfortable, back out. Don't sign agreements that you haven't fully read. 
and don't sign agreements where you don't feel you're being treated fairly. Would you agree, Mike, before we wrap up? Yeah, yeah. Or as you taught me all these years, before you sign anything, hey, you've got your good friend, Sean Yesner. Hey, Sean, which is an attorney, can you review this? This is my situation. Does this fit into what my goal is? Um, just like you mentioned, if somebody's going to buy a $5 million house, if somebody wants to um, accelerate their financial uh, fitness so they can afford a $5 million house, you have to have a team on all sides. Yes, you do. Absolutely do. And just the very last takeaway, guys, attorneys don't, are not a negative thing. Don't use attorneys in the form of a threat. Attorneys are allies. They're deal makers. Their job really for attorneys' jobs is to come to resolution unemotional, unattached resolution. That's the huge benefit to us, why we have attorneys with us in the fund, why I have attorneys involved in the real estate brokerage side of things, because they are deal makers. Sean is our lead attorney because Sean is a logical, practical, even-tempered deal maker. When I get pissed off, Sean calms me down and explains logic and, and we get things done. And that is our takeaway, guys. So We're going to leave you right there. We hope you guys have a great week and we will catch up with you next time. This concludes today's episode. You don't have to wait till the next episode to learn to earn. Head over to CashflowGuys.com and contact Tyler and his team for more powerful tips and ideas. So you can start generating multiple streams of income and escape the rat race.